Hey guys, it's Kate from the Crime Pursuit team. Just popping in to say that if you like the podcast and want to support us, take a minute to write us a review and give us a five-star rating. The more views and ratings we get will only help our podcast grow and continue to keep bringing you the quality content you love. Also, hit the subscribe button for up-to-date information and new episodes. We'd really appreciate it. Now, back to the show. Okay, we are back. Welcome to Crime Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bounds, along with Lori Irby, and we do have a new pursuit. Lori, give us the summary of what we got going on with this case. Okay, Ed. Today we have Georgette Clemens, who is in pursuit of justice for her daughter, Rachel Hope Evans, who was shot on Easter of this year on April 12th. The police have ruled it as a suicide. However, Georgette thinks and has proof that it is, in fact, a homicide. Um, And we're in pursuit of justice for her today. All right. And definitely we are in pursuit. And I hated that when we have these type of cases uh, to where, you know, people just want closure. And tonight we have a guest, Georgette Clemens, the mother. Georgette, welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay, you know, looking, going over this case with Lori, it was tough listening to how tough it's been two months for you. And, you know, I have other cases where, you know, it's been years and I just couldn't imagine being in your position. and And I'm a father. I'm not a mother, but I'm a father. Let's talk about, you know, when she was a kid. Let's talk about the good things about your daughter, Rachel Evans. Oh, my gosh. When she was a kid. Oh. She just, it's, it's hard because she was a tomboy slash she was a girly girl. <laughs> she was a tomboy. She liked to wrestle with her siblings, her cousins. Um, but she was also a girly girl, which she liked to, you know, wear those pretty dresses and high heels and put on makeup. And she just loved to sing. She always wanted to be a singer. That's what she wanted to be. Um, and she... She was just the, the love of, you know, she lit up a room with her singing. She used to sing in church. She'd go to my mom's church and everything. She, she was so lovely. I miss her so much. I bet you do. So let me ask you this. Your daughter, there was a situation that happened. Let's talk about what happened. Okay, well, first, um, like in April or May of last year, um, she was, you know, going out with a boy named Josh before um, that she met in high school. And they had a long-term relationship. It was about a year and a half to almost two years. Uh, but something happened in that relationship. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to get into that. But so she, you know, she just broke it off. She felt like it was for the best. I mean, she was hurt, upset, you know, it was her first true 
relationship that she had. But uh, so she broke it off with him, and then that's when Hunter he preyed on her on Facebook and started talking to her because apparently his girlfriend broke up with him. So this was starting in like May or June of last year. She started talking to him and sweet talking to her. And then she went there for about a week to go visit him to see how things were because I told her that um, she didn't really know this person. She only met him on Facebook that I don't know if it's a good idea. You know, we don't know what kind of person he is, if he's a serial killer or what type of person he is. And so she went there for a week. Um, like the end of June, June 29th to July 7th, I believe that's when she went. Cause she came back July 7th. Um, and she just went there for a week to see how things were. And, you know, he bought her flowers. He took her out to eat. He took her to the movies. I mean, he took her, you know, to a lot of different places like kayaking and just boating and, um, spent the 4th of July there with his family. And then she came back and she wanted to move there with him. Um, she told me when she was out there that his mom said it was okay for her to move in with them. So she did in August. Um, things started going, you know, things were okay at first. But then, like, in October, she started messaging me saying, Mom, I think I made a mistake. Um, you know, what if he's not the person I think he is? He's just changed. He's one person this day. He's a different person the next day. And then she called me, video chatted me, and said uh, one time that he was hitting her. And I told her she needed to get out. And then she messaged me. Um, and said that he threatened to kill me. I'm tired of this. And I have those messages also. And then, uh, so like February 3rd, I messaged him. I told him that he needed to stop being my daughter or else I was going to come get her and pick her up and take her home. But then he blocked me. So then, like, me and my daughter were chatting after that incident, but she wouldn't tell me anything after February 3rd, she wouldn't talk that much about him afterwards. Uh, and I found out why after all this happened that apparently um, her friend Chris showed me and sent me stuff that after I said that to her, he put a gun to her head. I didn't know that before. That was a hard thing to hear. But then um, April 12th, I got the phone call about 8.40 in the morning on Easter saying that my daughter, I got a message or a call from Hunter, but he wasn't on his Facebook because he blocked me. He was on his sister's Facebook, Christy Lee D, um, Facebook. So he messaged me on hers and told me that uh, my daughter had a self-inflicted gunshot wound to her head. And I thought that that was kind of odd that he said it that way. He, um, and I asked him what happened to my daughter because I knew from everything that she told me that that wasn't possible because she was planning on coming home. I was supposed to go pick her up April 4th, but then with the coronavirus and everything, she told me not to come, to just cancel and not to come. Um, 
and I told her to be safe and keep in contact with me. And if anything, you know, were to happen worse than how are things, to let me know and I'll come right away. But she didn't. Until I got that call, then I had to fly out to Alabama to go see my daughter. But when I was on the phone with him, he told me how how they were at this bonfire and I asked him what happened and he said that the first time he told me that they got into a fight and she ran off to be alone and told him that she was going to go to the bathroom and ended up in the car shot um, and then when I got to the hospital that night I asked him again what happened and he told me that she was just happy that they were all having a good old time having a bonfire. She was happy. She told him that she was glad that they did this bonfire. And he said that she said that she was going to wear the bathroom and then ended up with a car shot. Okay. That she was gone for a while. His family was telling me different things at the airport. That's confusing because you, they first said that she was happy, she was having a good time, and then it changed to right. she was sad, she was depressed. And I agree with you. Right. 100%. Now he's on Facebook. Right. Now he's on Facebook saying how she was so depressed that she killed herself. I mean, this is three times now he's changed the story. Well, and he waited. To try to make it fit. He waited quite a while to make that post. How long was it? Correct. Was it like three weeks before he made the post? It was almost, it was, I think, almost about a month. Okay. And so I, I think it was like May 11th he made that post or something. So. Okay. I agree with you 100% about how he presented what had happened to you on the phone instead of you know you would you would tell somebody in a compassionate way especially the mother instead of saying a self-inflicted gunshot wound i i just find that odd but okay um let's, yeah let's, i just find that odd <laughs> right let's get into the text messages um that you shared on the page the tribute page for hope um, and that you also also shared with me, the ex-girlfriend had said that he used to abuse her. She didn't want to be involved because she's scared, which is understandable. But we're talking about somebody's right. life who had been who's been taken um, and to help future girlfriends, maybe if this is true. And right. Well, that's why I'm trying to do this. Yes, because exactly. I don't want him. To, I don't want him to do this to another girl i mean he's done it to my daughter he's done it to his ex and probably somebody before that because you know there's a pattern here i mean the messages said that he put a gun to her head and threatened to kill her and i mean there's pictures of him sleeping in front of the door to stop her from leaving or even using the bathroom right so let's tell the listeners um all of those things we have text messages on hope's page from the ex-girlfriend stating that he had beat her, uh, threatened to kill her, and I, I saw that he put a gun to her head, right, and the ra her rabbit? Am I correct? Yes, so he put a gun to her head and threatened to kill her. Yes. And then she gave it to, she gave the gun to the sister. Right. And told him to take it before he shot her. And I mean, she's scared to speak out. She's told, you know, she says she doesn't want her name involved. Because she's scared, which and, I can understand. I mean, and then the messages um, between Hope and Chris are very telling, um, which I talked to Chris for quite a while, and he also believes that she was shot by Hunter and not shot herself. 
he said that she was in a very good space and was looking forward to the future and leaving. Um, but, you know, I read the text messages between them of the fear that she had and trying to escape and make a plan and the picture of uh, Hunter sleeping in front of the door so she couldn't leave. All of those things. Well, she also said that she had Stockholm Syndrome on the bottom of that message, too. Yes. Yes. So I think that had a lot to do with it, too. Right. And let's get into the investigation part of it. Do you want to speak on it or do you want me to start? Well, uh, where to start? <laughs> I can, I can, I can well, guide us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know today's hard. I'm, I'm here to help. There's just so much. There's just so much to tell. Right. Um, well, when I got to the hospital, I talked to the detective and I told the detective that I didn't think that this, that my daughter did this. There's no possible way, you know, just from everything from, I told him that I had messages and I sent him messages, you know, showing where he threatened to kill her and, and then other, you know, messages that I got after that, but I didn't have those from Chris yet. So I sent him what I had where she was planning on leaving him, you know, she was, he threatened to kill her. Um, I told him that she, there was no way. I mean, he was hitting her. He was abusive. There was just no way my daughter did this to look into it further. And I mean, even the detective agreed with me at the hospital. At first he was agreeing with me. He was saying how, yes, women don't usually shoot themselves. Usually it's, you know, either pills or cutting themselves. And, and I mean, and I told him, I go, my daughter would have left a, a note for us, especially with her family. She, you know, she wouldn't just leave her nieces and nephews not knowing what happened to her. And she wouldn't do that to her family. She would let us all know what happened. You know, she couldn't handle it no more or whatever. Um, she would tell us, you know, so that we wouldn't blame, you know, her boyfriend thinking that he did something. I mean, yeah. but there was no note. There was nothing. Right. And her last messages actually to Chris, which he talked to her the night before, was she was trying to escape and getting he was getting going to help her get a plane ticket, I believe, so that she could leave mm -hmm. the situation. And he had told her, she said, I can. I don't know how I'm going to leave without him knowing. And he said, well, call the police. Don't take anything. Just get out when you can. Mm -hmm. So you see that she was planning just a right. day or two before to leave. And she also let her work know. She was also trying to stay with coworkers at her, you know, at her job to get away from him. So she was reaching out to people to try, because I told her to try to see if she can stay with somebody, you know, just until she can leave or come home or, you know, right. whatever she wanted to do. Because she wanted, she liked Alabama. She just didn't like the situation she was in. Do you know, Georgette, if, if in fact Hunter did, um, have to give a statement and go in and get questioned because he did put on his Facebook that he did he was investigated is that yeah true? okay yes he did but and he waited all almost two weeks and then when he did come he bring a lawyer so and from what he's saying I mean the detective only asked him for a statement he didn't even question him about the abuse or anything like that and that's where I'm frustrated is I feel like they haven't done their job because I mean, if they knew that he was abusive and stuff, they would look into this more, you know, thoroughly than what they have. They just wanted to rule us with suicide from take one. 
I mean, he compromised the whole thing. You know, he moved my daughter's body. They don't even know where she was sitting at in the car. I mean, they didn't even take his bloody clothes that night. Why? They didn't do anything. Well, I found it odd when you told me that I said they didn't dust either of their hands for gunpowder or gun residue. And you said that the detect or the lieutenant had told you they don't do that in Alabama, correct? They don't do that. Okay. Right. They don't do that. And that could be true. I don't I don't know. What I know is I've called and left a message for the lieutenant to call me back and, you know, said who I was. And then I also sent an email with my credentials since the case is closed to send evidence over or the police report. At least I haven't heard anything. Um, and then there's some other other interesting facts uh, with the medical examiner. Do you want to touch into that? That is correct. I mean, first, you know, the medical examiner did his report and it was dated April 28th so it was a while that he actually signed off on it but he said that she got shot on the right side of her head so I find that kind of odd because she's a lefty and now they now that when the detective found out that she was a lefty um because I told him there was no possible way my daughter would have shot herself because she's a lefty um he wants to the medical examiner wants to change that now to say that she got shot on her left behind. Right. I mean, that's just kind of odd. It's like they're trying to fit everything to fit their suicide theory. They're not trying to look at stuff and question whether this was actually a homicide or a suicide. They just want to fix everything, their mistakes, because they didn't even, like, do this correctly. I mean, they rushed into this and they just wanted to rule it as a suicide and didn't take this case seriously at all. Pretty much what they're going on is only what Hunter and his family and friends are saying that happened at that bonfire. Right. But the funny thing is, is that they're saying they tell me different things than what they told the detective. When they were questioned, they told they had the same story. Kind of funny how almost two weeks they were able to get the story straight about what happened so that it fits their theory of suicide. I mean, for all we know, Hunter could have staged the scene. We don't know when they got the call or how long it took them to call 911. We don't know anything. The police haven't told us much. Right. And they did close the case, correct? And they won't give you yeah. your belongings? Or they closed phone? the case. And no, because the detective hung up on me when I told him, when I told him, so this is a cover-up. He hung up on me. The medical examiner didn't seem very well-versed on the case at all. No. He doesn't even... He seemed so confused. He didn't... He was like, well, the didn't know what window got shot at. He was like, I don't know where she was sitting at. Okay. So how do you know? You don't have all the facts. Did they find a, a shell casing in the car or outside the car or what? I think the biggest unethical thing that I've heard from this particular case so far is that, and, and you know, it could be just a mistake, but it, it is ironic of the timing and the day you sent me the video of Hope doing sharp, you know, laughing and, and sh- doing gun practice. And she was left-handed. Clearly you sent me when she was a kid and coloring, mm-hmm. she was left-handed and the medical report, like you said, said that it was a right entry to the le- out the left. And then, the day that you back to front, yeah. The day that you told the lieutenant she was left-handed, the medical examiner said 
he was going to change it, that it was his mistake. I, to right. me, that's just odd. It's just odd. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's odd. It's just, just it seems to me like they're trying to cover up the fact that they didn't, they did a poor job on this case. I mean, they're trying to fit it like a suicide. They don't even have everything. I mean, he compromised everything. They moved her body. So how did they even know where she was at? How did they even know that she was in the car? I mean, he could have just shot out the window. What if she got shot in the house and he took her out to the car? Because at the hospital, she didn't even have any shoes on. So where are her shoes? Oh, okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. I agree. She only you. had a shirt. She only had a shirt on, a pants, and uh, a key to the car. That's all she had on her. And not just that, but nobody saw her walking around with a gun in the house. How many people were in the house? Right. There was at least five people in the house and a baby. Right. So nobody saw her walking around with a gun and how did where she get this gun? Like, there's so many questions that the detective hasn't even asked Hunter. It was his gun. How did she have his gun? Let's talk about the lieutenant telling you that when you were telling him what you think happened based on text messages and a lot of proof from, from friends, from you and Hope, that she was scared. She was abused. She was she was very detailed about the things he did to her in those texts up yeah. until the day before. And that the detective told you that Hunter Gee didn't have an arrest record. Is that correct? Yeah, and, that is correct. And, and now I'm finding out different. Right. That's not correct because I did a search and found on a public record that Hunter Gee was arrested for communication harassment May 3rd of 2017. I don't know how that case ended, but the arrest record is there. Remember, I sent you the picture and it's, I said, is this him? Yeah. You said, yes, it is. It says it was removed. Like, And I looked that up and it was like, case expunged it or something. That's well, what it means. He was arrested for that's, it, so it could be expunged, right. which is why they said he don't have an arrest record, but that's not true. He has been arrested. Right. It was just expunged or removed for whatever reason. Exactly, but they lied to me. He told me he wasn't. He didn't have a record. If they were to look, that's what I mean. They haven't done anything to this case. I feel like they haven't dug into his family or anything or his past. They, mean, they, have, they haven't even asked his ex-girlfriends anything. Well, and, and you are taking the right steps by doing this podcast. And I don't know how you're sitting here doing this podcast two months after, but you're a very strong woman and you are being her voice and other girls' voices that, you know, Hope just turned 20 in March, right? Yeah. And she had her yeah, whole life March ahead 9. of her, excited about her life. She of, did. Yeah. And it's what you're doing is you're helping other people, Georgette, and you may not know it now, but you will. So for our listeners, Georgette has a tribute page under the name of Hope Evans. You can go in and see. She's shared um, very tragic pictures of Hope in the hospital. Um, she has shared the text messages, all the information that she has. She also has a link to sign the petition. And I, do you know how many signatures you got? This morning, there was quite a bit. I want to say, yeah. 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 But our listeners. Like over, to, over 26, I think. Yeah. 2,600. So you could go in and go to that page and sign that petition to open the case and for the detectives, the police department to take it more serious as maybe a murder. Um, and then we'll share it on our page as well. And what else would you like to add, Georgette? Yeah, because they're not even, they're not even like contacting back the reporter also that has been calling on this case. You know, at first the, the lieutenant talked to her and 
she told, and obviously the detective hasn't even told his lieutenant or the medical examiner about the abuse, you know, that my daughter endured, you know, or the pictures of him sleeping in front of the door or threatening to kill her with a gun or putting a gun to her head. I mean, the reporter had to show the lieutenant these pictures. And then now afterwards, he doesn't even want to get back to the reporter. Wow. This, you know, this is what pisses me off. Here you have a mother, and it was just even if it was a father, just a parent, that would even have to go through something like this. It's hard. It is. But I have to be her voice because she doesn't yes. have one anymore. Yes, you're right. And you definitely do. And I, I just hate hearing these type of cases where the police just seem to just, oh, well, that's it. And then, in most cases, Lord, we've seen where they've been rude to the family members. Well, yeah, that's what she was just saying, that when she called and she told him this sounds like a setup to match your story, they hung up on her. And I think we had somebody the last get with the police hung up on her, right? Almost every case. Yeah. (laughs) I don't understand it. I, I just don't. And, you know, so let me ask you something, Georgette. Where where do you go from here? What is your plans? Because you can't give up. And I know you're not. I'm not saying that you will. No. But what are I, your plans? I won't give up until I die. My plans are to get this reopened and to, you know, I, she needs justice. You know, they need to open this up and really look at this case. Because, I mean, they're not, they don't hardly have any evidence of suicide or anything. They're just going by what was said that happened that night and and they're just going by what he said pretty much him and his family and his friends yeah and so you're you know you're trying to get the story out there to where people could you know hear this case like laura and i did and say hey okay let's do something about this so that's just your your whole goal right yeah because like i said i mean my husband he he sent you know like pictures of him sleeping in front of the door to one of the people that were at the bonfire and like we know what he did to her and she was just like thumbs up and just like like didn't want to talk about the case she's just like talk to the detective and we're like we're hoped that you were telling the truth about what happened that night but she just didn't want to hear anything she blocked him like i said they're covering for him everybody at the bonfire is covering for him because they're scared and he's a friend and he's a family i mean who wouldn't cover for their family oh right i agree i agree with you all the way I mean, they. I mean, they know what kind of person he is. They know his temper, his anger. I mean, his sister was there when the ex gave him, you know, gave her the gun, and threatened her with a gun. I mean, she heard the, you know, them yelling, yelling at her. So I mean, they're just covering for him. And that's what's upsetting the most is that, you know, all of them are involved in this. Now I want to make sure something. I, because I, I'm going, I'm looking through my notes. And I want to be for sure. Be, did, Lord, did we talk about the gun when they re, did they recovered the gun? Who did they say the gun belonged to? It's Hunter's gun. Him, Hunter. Okay, and that's what I thought. Okay, I want to be clear for that. Mm-hmm. Did you even did you raise that with the police? Yes. And what was their they response? They know that it's his gun, and they, they don't care. They're just like, well, it may be possible that he was abusive, but you know, we don't have anything else to go on. And I'm like, I gave you evidence, proof. You can talk to his exes, you know. What about this harassment harassment, uh, communications now that I'm finding out I didn't know about before? Right, because he told, he did say on text to Hope and to the ex-girlfriend that I'm going to kill you. 
he used those words to both. Now, if you're not an well, abuser, how do we know there's another girl? There, there's probably another girl out there before his act that did this in 2017 and put his harassing communications on him. So who else? You know, there's probably other girls out there that he's done this to. Yeah, I, it could be. But that's, you know, looking through the notes, and that's why I had to ask to be sure, because he owns the gun. But, right. I, you know, it's like, okay, it's his gun, but she ended up with it. Uh, she, oh, can I borrow your right. gun, or did she took it from me? Come on. Well, that's what I'm saying. Nobody saw her walking around the house with this gun and going to get it or wherever was at. I wanted to ask Ed's opinion on, do you know, Ed, is that common practice that they don't do, am I just old school and I don't know the current policy or procedures that they don't test for gun residue in some states? Uh, I don't know how they do in that state, and, and I don't know in other states, but I'm just saying, let's just hypothetically speaking. If I'm an investigator, I get a call, there's a young man and a girl, and he says, and friends, they say, hey, she just killed herself. Okay, I have to find evidence to support that. Okay, so first, right. before uh, we do that, we're going to treat this like a crime scene until evidence show me otherwise. They don't know where the crime scene really, in fact, is because he took her out of the car and performed CPR is what he said. Okay, now, but still, the he still got to tell you where everything started right. from A to B. And if, if it doesn't make sense about where he said the crime scene took place, okay, now there's red flags raising. Secondly, I everybody that is there, I want them tested for gun residue on their shirts, pants, their hands, the everything. That's what that's what I would want to do. Uh, he, him, and everyone that's there will be treated like a suspect until evidence shows me otherwise. And that's what I don't understand with today's detectives. That's what I don't understand either because they didn't do any of that. They didn't even treat this as anything. They just let them go that night. Yeah, you can tell. I mean, they didn't even talk. They didn't even, the detective didn't talk to him for almost two weeks. Oh, see, that's crazy. He was like avoiding the detective. He was like avoiding the detective. See, if you're avoiding, then you, you, you did something. And, you know, I'm not waiting to talk to no two weeks. You hear all the time that in press conferences, in the news media that the police always say the first 48 hours is the crucial part of the investigation. So why wait two weeks? If exactly. I, if I come into a situation, you guys tell me, you tell me, hey, this is what happened. I'm not going to go off of that and use that as my investigation. You know, so because you can take a gun and hold it up to somebody's head and fire it. You know, like they killed it. So it, it happened all the time. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I've heard different stories, and there's other mothers that are going through the same thing that I'm going through. That they're just trying to say the same thing. Yeah, and it's sad. And I and even on ID, there was a case where a husband killed his wife, and then when the parents told him that there was evidence of abuse, and he threatened to kill her with a gun before. Then they reopened the case, the medical examiner, because then they found proof that he actually lied and try to make it look like a suicide. So there's cases out there. Yeah. My daughter's isn't the first. I, and, I, and I already know that, believe me. I, we've been dealing with this long enough. We know, and that's just when Lori first brought this case to me and we was going through it. And, and Lori, before she even said, uh, I got to even really look into it, she's like, hey, this is not a suicide. And I, no, I, I, I happen to agree it. Yeah, I happen to agree. I, I haven't believed it from day one. And in my heart, I know as a mother, 
you know, deep down, you know, I thought that this was a suicide. I wouldn't be pushing this so hard and trying to fight for her so hard. Now, let me let me say something for the listeners so they can say, so I can make something clear. Because like you said earlier, he took her out of the car to do CPR. Is that normal? Yes. And let me tell you why. Let me explain the story. This case took place here where we're at in Indiana some years back. This guy was married and he was having an affair and he had really he had uh, a lot of money, a lot of property, business and everything else. Well, the problem was if he divorced his wife, he's got to come up off half of that. So he doesn't mm-hmm. want to. So what he did was his he had a, a gym in his house and every morning his wife would lift weights work out. And he went in there, and when she was bench pressing, he took the weight and put on her throat and killed her. I remember that. Story. Yes, and he, um, you know, act like he's trying to give her CPR or whatever. And yeah, I believe that's how it happened. I, somebody had made mention that they think that he's made mention that when he found her, he tried to give her CPR or whatever. So. People will do crazy things. You just never know. And I'm just bringing that up to make a point. Yeah. You know. uh, No, I agree. They'll do things to, you know, say, okay, but this is what I did to try to save her. Right, right. And so this is, I don't know why she did this. Oh, my God. And, you know, people are actors. And the reason why that case, that guy, he did a good job covering the case up. But the detective that was handling that case he went through it thorough. He didn't just listen to what he told him. He treated it like a crime scene and turned out to be it was a homicide. And that guy's in prison right. for the rest of his life. Just like where this gym, this guy should be. Yeah, because, I mean, he was the one that found my daughter. Okay, so how do we know, like, the other people were in the house when he went to go looking for my daughter. So he was alone with my daughter. So he could have had time to shoot her. And try to like pull it as oh screaming and howling for his family. Oh, she committed suicide. He had time. He was alone with her, and then he started screaming, and then his family started coming out of the house. So how do we know how long you know where, how long before he was shot? You know, before she was shot, that they found her. Right. Absolutely. He was right. the one that found her. He's the one that took her out. So he could have shot her and not even have his family see. You know, and then make it look like he, you know, that she shot herself. I wanted to ask. It's Ed. just a lot of it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you you speak. I'll wait. No, it's just, it's just funny because these people want to say that they're like witnesses for Hunter, but yet, you know, one of the people that were there told me that she was laying down with her baby, you know, to sleep. So she wasn't with Hunter. She wasn't with my daughter. So she wasn't with, you know, either or. So she doesn't even know what happened. Yet she wants to say she wants to be a witness now. I wanted to ask you, Ed, what you thought about the medical examiner report where originally he had put that it was a right entry and left exit wound. And then when Georgette told the lieutenant that she was left handed, they he had the he's having the medical examiner change it from left entry to right exit. I didn't you know, I didn't. Oh, I couldn't believe that when I heard that. But. The medical examiner responsibility was to say, look, I cannot do that and should report that detective for even asking him to do that because that 
I don't care what state that's in, that's illegal. If whatever the medical report, whatever his examination comes out to be, then that's that's gold. Uh, what he found is what he or she found is what they found. You can't have a, a detective come in and say, well, okay, well, we found out she was left-handed, so you need to change it from there. No, that's your investigation is your findings, not to come and change and say, well, uh, we, we think it's a mistake. You need to change that. That would make it le- seem like there was to be some shady, shady shit with that. That's, exactly. That's, that's how opinion. I feel. Yeah. Because, I mean, this, this report was dated April 28th. Medical examiner's trying to say, well, I didn't have enough time to really thoroughly uh, look at the case or whatever. Really? You didn't have from April 13th to, to April 28th? Yeah, right. You had time. So how you do you time not have time? This. Right. Because <laughs> you dated it April 28th. It was dated April 28th. That's when he signed off on it. Well, he didn't and know now anything. all of a sudden, when I told him that she was lucky, there was I got the medical report from the coroner, and I told him that there was no possible way my daughter was a lucky. So there's no possible way that proves right there that my daughter wasn't shot with her, her own doing. Right, right. Yeah. And then they try to say, "Oh well, that was a mistake." How is it a mistake? Right, <laughs> right. I agree. I agree. Laura, you got anything else before we wrap up? No, I think we've covered everything, um, the facts that I found, um, and the reason why we wanted to help in this pursuit for hope and get Georgette the truth um, that I've stated here on the podcast. Georgette, um, unfortunately, we are running out of time, and I have one question that I, I want to ask you, and, I, and it's tough, um, but... I want to ask you if your daughter was here right now and you had one last goodbye, what would you say? I would tell her that I love her. Just, I love her. That's pretty much it. I will never stop fighting for justice for her. Yes. And I'm sure she would want you to keep fighting and getting the truth and and getting justice for her. That's what a mother's supposed to do. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know what, Georgette? We, We are here for you. We will always have an open door to crime pursuit. And we we have a nice sized team. We have people that work around the clock sometimes and if you need to talk to us, reach out. You know, don't hesitate. Even even if you don't think that this is going to come to a point where you're going to get justice for your daughter, don't give up. And you always have us in your corner, okay? Yes, thank you. Everybody, please sign the petition to help Georgette get the truth. Yes, yes, please. please. Yes, please. please. Well, uh, Georgette, I want you to know that we will be praying for you and other people on, my, on our team will be praying for you as well. And you just hang in there. Now, once again, I want you to t- let people know where they could uh, sign the petition and the Facebook group, anything, any information, website, Instagram, anything pertaining to this and your daughter. Can you please let the listeners know? 
um, they can either go to my Facebook page. I have it on mine, Georgette Clemens or Hope Evans, or they can go to change.org. Okay. And this, how many, how many signatures does she have on this so far? This, as of this morning, around 2,700. 2,700. Yeah. So hopefully we can get like 27,000. So, yes. All right. Yeah. Everybody, you have heard this. Please go and sign the petition and help Georgette out, please. I'm begging you to, to go and sign the petition. We, we really need, need your help. And she needs your help. Okay, well, Georgette, we want to thank you for being on the show. Yes. Thank you so much. You've done a wonderful job. And Lori will be back in touch with you here real soon, okay? Okay, thank you so much. All right, have a good night. Okay, guys, um, so I want to just say something real quick. I want you guys, for the anybody that's listening for the first time, go to our Facebook, Crime Pursuit Podcast. We are on Instagram at Crime Pursuit Podcast. We are on Twitter. Go follow us and come to the Facebook page and interact because we will interact with you. We want to do that. We got something new that we got going on and it's called a case discussion group, Crime Pursuit Case Discussion Group. And every week starting the 29th, we will be live video, me and several team members, we will be live by video discussing new cases that are unsolved every week. And some cases will be solved that we'll talk about as well. But we want you to come and interact with us on that. Also, every time we drop a new podcast, it's on an anchor link. Now, we noticed that we have a lot of iTunes listeners that follow this podcast and listen to us by iTunes. For those of you, will you please go to our Facebook page and you'll see where we post our podcast and it'll say Anchor, which is the tab where you click on the link. As soon as you click on the link, it will bring you to um, the actual app of our Crime Pursuit. There you will see a support button. When you hit the support button, it'll come up and it'll show you where you can support us monthly. You can pledge 99 cent, 4.99, or 9.99 a month. Uh, this is something you don't have to do. But if you like what we do, and if you support us, support the families that we help, please, even if it's just 99 cent, we appreciate that. So support us if you can. We really, really appreciate it. All right, we got to get up out of here. Thank you very much.